Welcome to the fourth Phantom Canyon Production Journal. I am executive producer and co-creator and co-writer of Phantom Canyon, Jeffrey Bridges, and I am joined by... Co-creator and co-writer Susan Bridges. That's right, and today we are talking to Darian Lindell, who plays Rebecca in the show. Welcome, Darian. Hello. Thank you for having me. Hey. So, yes, Darian, playing Rebecca, yes. Phantom Canyon. One of the uh, lead roles, uh, lead supporting roles. Yes, which she landed. She did, with a fabulous audition. Yes. We I'm very... sure it had nothing to do with the fact that we've known each other since uh, 1995. Look, it did I not. Just... There was no nepotism. No, I just happened to mention in passing that she had to audition, and... And she did, but it wasn't just us that did the casting. It was also our co-creator and co-writer, Jeffrey Thorne, and the director, Jared Page. So everybody had input. Everyone so. did have a vote. That's right. It wasn't just us. Yes. So. Uh, well, I can't decide if that makes me feel more or less special. I'll go with more. How about that? <laughs> That's good. More. So um, what was it like for you? Uh, doing this role, you've done some voice acting before, but uh, as far as I know, never like in a western. So was was that unusual or strange or? It was it was wonderful. I had this like I had no I I, I discovered in the course of doing it that I had this hankering <laughs> will, to uh, to use these vocabulary words that I knew but had never really given voice to before. So. And this, this, uh, uh, I don't know, maybe Firefly-inspired character <laughs> that I was that I was going for, and it, it was it was a lot of fun to to ex- explore that. Although we'll have to see exactly how uh, how Westerny my voice turns out because I realized that almost, in almost every take I would like forget to do it at least once. <laughs> so it's possible that there is a version in there where I would have no accent at all. <laughs> Or well, we have heard the first two episodes, and I didn't notice any of that in there. So ah, it was very good. Yeah, I'm just torturing you now. Ha 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 ha. But yeah. um, no, that sounds very similar to what it was like for us writing it, because uh, most of the stuff we've written has either been modern or especially like sci-fi or futuristic. So for us, it was yeah, the same way. You get to use all of these fantastic words that you don't get to use anymore, and because people just don't speak that we way. We got to use those seasons of Deadwood we watched and we're like, right. yeah, we're going to do that. <laughs> File that away for later. So would you guys would you guys consider Phantom Canyon to be uh fantasy or science fiction? Uh we've actually classified it as western horror. Mm. So, um but whether or not it's fantasy or science fiction, either way of those, you know, that flavor in horror is mm-hmm. sort of, I, I mean, I don't want to spoil things, so the audience will have to, you'll have to listen to the whole show and see what you think at the end. We, we definitely Decide know, but we don't want to spoil yeah. things, so yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, I didn't realize the genre was a spoiler. Well, that's why we're going with horror. So. Uh, okay, okay. Yeah. It is definitely that. Which is also a first for me because I, uh, I, don't, I don't gravitate towards horror myself. We don't either. In fact, um, we don't generally watch horror movies or anything like that. So it was, that was one of the things that attracted us to it, I think, too. Is that something very, very different for us? Yeah, and for me, I've only read a lot of Stephen King. So mm. <laughs> that counts. 
I, I think it counts, but like his type of horror is a little different, you know? It's a little more creepy versus But he's so he's so prolific that you like he could be an entire genre in himself, I think. That's honestly true. But yeah, that's what we were going for the creepy horror, not the, the gross yeah, horror. Yeah. There's none of that in here really. Not so really, I mean no. there's there's moments that are, you know, icky of course, but it's not like, you know, that torture porn crap or any of that. Yeah. That's not what this is. It's this not is... Saw. No. No. It's uh it's it's a, a western character drama hung on a bit of horror, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's totally fair. That that's see you're not you're not shying away from genre. No. <laughs> We're not at I, all. I think that I'm asking because I recently went to a like a, a fa- fantasy convention and one of the uh, things that was said there that I, I felt was not controversial at the convention but would probably be controversial in real life would be uh, that they said that they felt science fiction was a was a subsection of fantasy and I thought about it for a while and I think that that it could be it you could say that but I don't think you could say that you know fantasy is not a sub a subgenre of science fiction so I thought it was an interesting interesting idea that I've just been thinking about a lot recently hmm. Hmm. they both can do similar things but it's the method by which things happen that varies so yeah yeah, yeah I don't know I could go we could go into a really long discussion about <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh but yeah. yeah I would say like because some science fiction, I would say, wouldn't even fall under fantasy. But right. that would be interesting. But some might, and so... Some, it, oh, some definitely does. In yeah. fact, a lot of it does. But some of it, maybe not. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it depends on the science fiction, I suppose. Or the story itself. Some or which, which part's fiction? <laughs> which part's science? <laughs> well, like, Star Wars, I think, kind of goes both ways. Yeah, I would say that that's actually more... It's more it has more um, themes... Uh, maybe not themes, but uh, I mean, it's such a swashbuckle type thing. It seems mm-hmm. more. It's like fantasy with a with a with a space background. You know? Yeah, yeah. It, that definitely feels more fantasy. Where it's like Star right. Trek is more sci-fi. I think is that it mm. kind of maybe. Yeah, because there's a lot more elements of science fiction that actually work into Star Trek versus Star Wars. Like, oh, robot hand and. Well, and Darth spaceships. Vader's alive. Well, and it's, it's a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. It's very mythical in that sense. Yeah. But, and yeah. like Star Trek is supposed to be, you know, just us in, in, in the, the future. future. Yeah. yeah. This is really good. Yeah. No. Okay. We should we should stay. Probably here. talk about. Should perhaps circle uh, back around to the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when when you guys were. We're writing. How did that process work? I mean, maybe this is me interviewing you, but that's fine, right? So, um, <laughs> I want to know. I want to know, kind of like how. I mean, so you had a lot of creators on this. Like, how did you guys all get together and decide this is the story you wanted to tell? Uh, it was just over the course of several Skype conversations, kind of like this, where we just uh, hashed out what we wanted to do, and n- neither none of us had done a horror or a western and so we thought why not combine them and do something totally new and different that we'd never ever even attempted before and yeah over a series of calls we just hashed out characters and story details and one of one of the things i noticed about it that i liked as far as acting goes it was really a way for me to get into the character more was the 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 length of the scenes they're actually quite quite long they, there's a you really get enough time to like dig into what's happening and they take they they take the time to develop and um and you know they each each scene has its own arc so i was 
uh, from an acting point of view. Um, I really enjoyed that because I can, you know, I mean, I, I, when I write, I have a tendency to go episodic, you know, just the way mm-hmm. that you would on TV and go short scenes, short little scenes to get kind of punctuation. Right. Uh, but this this really allowed the scenes to breathe so you can get the characters, uh, get to know the characters. And also, I think it probably set the set the pace. You know? Yeah, that was definitely part of the intent. And we also wanted to, um, yeah, like you said, give, get into it more because in this you have more time. So you can let the characters sort of, in speaking to each other, you get to learn a lot more about them, as usually is that's how it goes. But since you have more space, you could let them get into things a little deeper and get to know their their quirks and personalities a little more. So it was it was a very different even from other things that we write for Pendant in that regard, because I, I think most Pendant shows don't have scenes that are that long either, usually, in the stuff no, we write. Well, you know, not usually. And a lot of times, though, like with Pendant, with our episodic stuff, like... We already have the background. You already know the characters. Like, Kingery, you, well, you know those people. Yes, but Kingery is like, not episodic. It's totally serialized. And there's a big difference in that, too. So, I mean... Um, well, that's episodes. Well, they're, they're episodes, but it's a serial story. Okay, fine. I was just going to say, I'm going to blame Game of Thrones that has really <laughs> long scenes. And it we, does. We're definitely influenced by this, probably. It's interesting to say that, because since it's fantasy. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, very nice bringing that. Uh, but but because I, I was thinking that the long scenes really seemed to speak to me. They gave me a sense of um, like that Western expanse. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just like this sense of them being like in a place that's isolated. And like there's not a lot of things that would naturally break up your time. You know, if you're like just out on a on a you know horse ride or like traveling or doing it, doing your chores. Like that's kind of one of the things that that um, really captivated me in uh in reading it uh was was that and that's why society is collapsing because no one talks to each other anymore (laughs) that's what we're trying to say good good yes yeah all right no one talks to each other anymore um well uh one thing i wanted to ask about is that um i don't think it's it's spoiling anything to say uh because i think it was in the casting call but um rebecca your character is a mother to one of the other main characters, Clara. And so um, I didn't know if you had any experience with that, like as a role, or if that changed the way you played your lines at all. I mean, now that you, you are a mother and all, and I'm just wondering. Right, you know. and you are a mother of small children. So what is it like not yelling at a child? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, that was, um, this is the first one I've done since I've had uh, my kids, and I... I definitely, I mean, the, I dug into that part of her character in a way that I had never, you know, I'd never played a mother before as a mother. So wow. that part was really, um, I, I was really pleased uh, and <laughs> to see how easy it was to tap into. I mean, you know, there's definitely, there's some some angsty things that happen and um, uh, there's drama, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and in that drama, you get to really kind of uh, just see the fact that she's a mother and how much that has informed all of the choices that she makes in this story and how, you know, she's she's her own person. But the, but her her responsibility and her role is it, it just informs all of her choices and and really drives her to um, to um make the decisions that she she feels she has to make that are that are 
often really hard and 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 horrible. But she think, makes yeah, them she she owns them too. She you know oh yeah yeah I mean you know there's no it, there's definitely that like mother bear kind of. <laughs> Uh, stereotype that comes out in her that uh, that I bring out when I play where she's you know she's she's a mom and she's not apologizing for it yeah growl (laughs) (laughs) she also has a um, I guess you could call a a, call it a a complex relationship with uh, Sam the lead and Mm. you know talking about the the fierceness of her character like you know, you you do also see her in scenes where she's younger, mm-hmm. and she's very fierce and independent there too. And even as a mother later, you see she still owns that fierceness and independence. Right, but you can also see how the changes in her life have sort of changed. Have made yeah, her. She made, she she made some uh, interesting choices that she she that really you know like I I, I really loved seeing this kind of. Um, hard woman i would say she's you know she's a woman who's been shaped by a hard life uh in the later years and then you kind of go back and get to see her kind of pre pre all of that you know before yeah. before mm-hmm. that happened and and kind of the core who she is and the part the elements of it she's kept and then and and the elements of it that have uh have kind of been stripped away or that she's chosen to to strip away because they aren't useful to her anymore i think that's terribly insightful <laughs> Ah, terribly. I just just know from listening, and I have heard the first two episodes Mm -hmm. that like the few the the couple times where you know she actually like reprimands Claire a little Mm -hmm. bit, it's just like so perfectly, Mom. (laughs) (laughs) You mean you say she has experience with this? Yeah. Well, that's pretty much all I do with my kids right now. (laughs) Is is reprimand it's i'm i'm looking forward to maybe a, <laughs> a less reprimandy uh, phase of life yeah i think that's when they get to their mid-20s yeah maybe <laughs> <laughs> um did, but... is that did you guys was that um the motherhood aspect the parenting aspect was that uh something that informed how you wrote her is that something you were kind of striving for I, I think so, because um, she and Clara were sort of conceived together. Um, mm-hmm. We sort of figured out, um, since, you know, uh, Sam is the lead, he was the character that uh, the three of us, Susan and I and Jeffrey Thorne, came up with uh, first, and then we figured out what his story was and how everyone sort of related to that. And so um, Rebecca and Clara were sort of conceived, yeah, I would say, kind of together. And so we we figured well, from the beginning how they related. Well, everyone had like an equally compelling character in Rebecca that yes, she wasn't just kind of absolutely. standing by and being helpless. Right, right. We don't want to I don't mean to be like implying that she is only, you know, only revolves around Sam, but that, you know, we just built the story around him, but we made each of the characters where we tried to at least as I guess it was up to the audience to decide when they hear it, but we tried to make them all fully realized and to have their own stories and arcs throughout the 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 thing. We didn't want them to just be ancillaries to prop up the main we wanted them to you know be full characters in their own right i really felt that in in uh, rebecca i felt that she was she had her own stuff going on when you know when when sam wasn't there you know i mean she's she was um um uh, her her relationship with him is was central to her or maybe not central but it was um um 
so important in her in her development as a young person and then again uh, you know it it kind of shaped who she was her relationship with him and her decisions about uh their relationship and um i think that it was uh fun to play uh both sides of that kind of like the um beginning middle of their their life together or apart i i i recently saw um uh a series of plays short plays where um a bunch of different playwrights uh they they each were assigned a time in a in a in a couple's life and so one of them had to write the meeting and the other one had to write like a midpoint in their relationship and another one had to write towards the end of their relationship and they were just three scenes and that is um when i when i saw it i actually thought of of phantom canyon because it seems like that's kind of a, a little bit of what's going on with with them is that you're kind of just seeing these these slices of their their life um uh and 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 these moments when they come together and that's uh it's it's really kind of a beautiful story of 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 how people can interweave uh, in each other's lives even though they don't uh, spend a lot of time together, much like our own story. That is true. So deep. And we should talk about you, playwright and mm. actress, and how this is different from those well, things. Well, just and a moment, though. Before we get there, since we, we just Fine, mentioned this and brought me. this Whatever. up. Listen, I'm trying to stay on topic here. We had just that was mentioned. A topic? Oh, no, off topic. no. The same topic before oh. we change oh. to the next one. Oh. All right. <laughs> Calm down. Squabble, squabble. <laughs> Well, what I was going to ask is, as you mentioned, you do get to see her through different points of her uh, in her life. And was that um, challenging as an actor to play her? Because, I mean, again, here uh, we've mentioned this in a couple of the past ones with talking to actors uh, like Pete, who plays Sam, that um, you don't have body language or any visuals to go with. So you have to portray her in different ages with your voice only. And I am not a prolific Actor, you totally I did a good it. job at that, by the way. And I'm no good when I usually do it. So, yeah, I wanted to know if that was really hard or if there was a certain way you approached that in what I, making I that think work. what I tried to do was to have the same voice, essentially. But with uh, what I tried to do, instead of trying to put on a, a different um, sound necessarily to my voice, but I tried to just think younger and think um, more optimistic and uh and, and just, irrational yeah and, and irrational and just <laughs> you know, i really wanted to tap into that you know that part of myself that uh would uh i have this expression that my that i that i use is called running to the trees i remember this this uh when i was a sophomore in high school i would um my you know my best friend and i we would write long quotes to each other that we <laughs> you know, that we would find in books and we were very, um, whimsical that way. And the one day we were sitting in English class and we just looked at each other and we got up and we walked out of class and we ran across this field into the trees (laughs) across the way. And then we just ran back and went and sat back down in class. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, my teacher had, you know, our teacher had seen us and she was just like, yep, there, there they are. That's what they're doing. Uh, and, so we 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 have referred to that as a, that kind of like youthful, whimsical, you know, throwing caution to the wind, but in this kind of safe way, uh, as um as running to the trees. 
And so I feel like that's what I was trying to tap into. I was trying to remember what that felt like and do less of a voice and just more of a character. And so the same character, just <laughs> less jaded, less. And, and, and I suppose there was a little bit, I have a little more, my voice has, has lowered as a, as I've gotten older and I, I recognize that. So I tried to keep the, the graveliness out of it a little bit, but. But mostly I just wanted to make sure that she wasn't, it wasn't a voice. It wasn't like an affect affected voice, you know, that it was that she got the same, um, (laughs) uh, level of, of character that, um, that the older person did the older. Well, it sounded great. And I think calling it running to the trees is fabulous. And I'm totally stealing that. Oh, that's (laughs) totally fine. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now. See, now I just wanted to, we, since we were there, and now so you now, have. well, now I have to say it again? Don't you remember? <laughs> no. <laughs> you do other um, acting, acting and writing. Um, yes. Yeah, talk about you. Yes. Talk about me. Uh, oh, gosh. Okay, so. What you up to right now? Right now, in fact, um, in the next two weeks, I am uh, working on a, I'm doing a workshop of, uh, a play that I'm writing for um, it's, it was commissioned by Live Girls Theater in Seattle, and uh, so I'm working with uh, the artistic director there, who is going to direct the the play. And she, is, the entire the theater is they have the series called the Layer Cake series, and so they um, they've done it with. Uh, I'm only the second playwright they've done it with, and they. They choose a playwright that they have a, a relationship with and they want to develop. And so they and together we come up with an idea for a play and they commission me to write it. And then it goes through the whole process. So we've had two, three different readings of the play up until this point, And now we're doing a workshop where we're getting the same actors together uh, for four different um, rehearsals over the same over the next two weeks to really kind of dig into the play and to really try and get it to where it needs to go. And then the next step after this, hopefully, depending on how this two week process goes is, um, to get, to, to get a script that is ready for, um, for production. So that is very exciting. And that is a, it's, it has been a steampunk play. It's kind of morphing into, into a less steampunk and more science fiction. It's just less niche than I think steampunk really is. Perhaps Um, you mean fantasy. (laughs) <laughs> yes perhaps i mean that um and uh so but it's called the secret and impossible league of the no sphere which is a very steampunky title yes it is. yes it is <laughs> uh and uh i really think that I- i'm a big fan of uh science fiction in theater i don't think it's done very often uh it's and uh because it's i think most people think of science fiction as you know, kind of, it needs a blockbuster budget kind of thing, which is not something theater generally has going for it. But right. um, yeah. it's been interesting to, to write things, you know, so I, I'll be, I'll put things in there like he pulls out his transmogrification wallet or, you know, <laughs> a hologram appears. And you know, I'm just like, not my problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's the writer spirit. Right you know, there. we've been kind of doing that too, actually, haven't yeah. we? We've been yeah. like, I, I mean, but like, like with Kingery, I know someone, at least one person has said, Oh, this would be great. You should shoot it. I just look at them like, how, yeah, how much money this would be? <laughs> right? Like, do you know in dollars? How? Yeah. But lately, yeah. we've been no. Even in our um our most recent screenplay, we we have a 
a scene with a newscaster. We said that it was a newscaster behind a desk, you know, like on a cable news channel like CNN or actually CNN, if you want. It's your budget. I mean, we put that right in the script. So, you know, it's up to them. <laughs> We're like, whatever. You're spending the money. Don't worry about us. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the, yeah, I, I, it's very freeing because I came to writing from directing, you know, so yes. where I would have to have to get something like that and go, oh, my God, oh, my God, <laughs> <laughs> how am I going to make a hologram? Uh, like talk to designers and try and figure it out. And then as a writer to just be like, you know, hologram. <laughs> you know, Not I think problem. That we all and you do too, uh, in have background with comics too, where it's like mm-hmm. anything's possible, so just write it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, that's what yeah. I want to see. Just, just, just write it. Just draw it. Yep. <laughs> Although so, that's a great idea. I've been thinking about my uh, turning my my play into a book. You know, in, in my spare time, and uh, of course, uh, and that. But now I'm like, oh, but a graphic novel that that might work. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they can be costly, but they're much less costly than, you know, like filming it. So, yeah, yeah, there's that. So do you have um, like uh, a date or location where people might be able to see this play yet? Or is that too far off yet? Not yet. Um, I, on November 19th, if you're in Seattle, uh, you can go to at seven o'clock, you can go to Annex Theater uh, in uh, the Capitol Hill neighborhood and uh, and you'll be able to uh watch a stage reading of the of the play but uh we don't have a full production uh date yet but the best part about this layer cake series is that uh is that there's a guaranteed production as a part of it which is a really unusual thing for a theater to do Hmm. but because they have produced um oh gosh four of my uh, scripts previously, they felt comfortable that, that I would be, give them a product that they'd be happy with. So nice. Yes. So, and it, you know, it doesn't hurt that like the artistic director and I are, but our bosom, bosom pals. So it's good. always good to have a connection on the inside. It is. It is. It's the only way to actually get things done. I think make friends, <laughs> make yeah, friends. Seems to be, but keep the old. I'm not going to, sorry about that. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes. Speaking of old friends, uh, in case people don't know, I think that they should, they should know that Susan was, I met her on the first day of college, my freshman year. Did we meet on the first day? It was my first day. I'm pretty sure. Cause I remember sitting in my room uh, alone, my parents had left and thinking, I am not going to have lunch by myself. <laughs> and uh, so I ran, I like just like threw myself out of the out of the dorm room. And uh, and yours was like one of the first ones that I came to down the hall and everybody was getting ready to go to have lunch and then go check out where their classes were. And then you and I sat next to each other. And when we when we I we kind of found each other when we sat next uh, to each other in calculus. Oh, my God, that class. I know. <laughs> that man who barely spoke English. He was great. He was super. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying to you now? <laughs> Are you so fine? Fun. I want you to be finer. Yes. Oh, I, loved, oh, I love that guy. I forgot about him. <laughs> and I made you sit in the front row with me. Yes. 
Because we thought we would understand in the front. We row. thought we'd understand more if we sat closer to the. <laughs> it's only logical. It didn't the closer happen. you are, I can tell you right now. <laughs> That's why we did so well in calculus. Yes. So the whole well. class curved up to average. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. It was great. <laughs> and now here you are making and a western we show. Are. Yes, making audio dramas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which you couldn't have done without calculus. Right. See? Look at that. <laughs> Our education system at work. <laughs> hey, that's what a good liberal arts education will do for you. That's, that's right. <laughs> it will allow you to make friends. That too. That's good. Skills. Mm-hmm. Sure. And it wasn't too long after that that, well, that you met Jeffrey and therefore I met Jeffrey. Yes, I have a way of worming my way into people's lives. <laughs> <laughs> That's a way of putting it. <laughs> Hi, what are you doing? Do you mind if I'm here? I'm going to be here, okay? okay? That's about what I did. So, uh, you, when you said that, you kind of adopted a voice that made you sound a little bit like a Muppet. <laughs> <laughs> it's you'd funny. Be a good, I think you'd be a good Muppet, Jeffrey. You should, next, you should write a puppet show, a Muppet show. A, a puppet audio drama. <laughs> yes, I love that idea. Isn't that a great <laughs> idea? It's so unnecessary. It is just, so unnecessary. Just imagine they're puppets and you're fine. Yeah. We can write Much about the puppet thing. than making puppets. Oh, yeah. <laughs> how they, they could talk about how they have no legs. The and... world's first puppet audio drama. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Oh, my God. I'm so in love with that idea. <laughs> well, see, now you've co-created it with us, so you'll have to co-write it with us. All right. So. Okay. I, that's That's fair. Done. Be the Avenue Q of radio drama. <laughs> okay, we should wrap up. Okay. Okay. Well, um, I, I think we've covered most of what we were going to talk about. Did you have any, any other anecdotes or anything you'd like to share from your time recording for the show? My radio anonymous experience. Um, I, I can't wait to hear it, honestly. This has been uh, the... I think of all of the ones that I've done with you guys, this has been the one where I really, I just can't wait to hear it. I'm very excited to hear how it comes out and the other performances from the other actors. It's really, I think probably the the most challenging part about this whole thing is kind of that acting a little bit in a vacuum. You know, you give a lot of takes and you, and you make choices that you're not sure are going to, you know, bounce off of the other people's choices. And I'm always... Like, every time I turn in lines, I'm like, if you need me to do something different, let me know. Because I just, you know, it's it's hard to know if what you're going to do is going to gel with the other people. And that's, I'm so excited. I, you know, I really enjoyed the script. So I want to, uh, you know, see how it all turns out and see what it's like when other people breathe life into their into their characters. And I'm especially excited for Pete because I think he's just, you know, rock'em, sock'em robots. He is. <laughs> he is totally rock'em, sock'em robots. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the, the, the good thing is that, um, we've got really good directors on the show. And so, uh, they do a really good job of, of getting takes from actors that gel and mesh together really well or, or getting, uh, you know, retakes when they're needed. And, and we have heard those first two, and I can tell you, uh, we were like pretty well blown away by them. So, um, we're very excited and I think everyone else will be too. Did I tell you when I was, I was, uh, I was listening to the Kingery, uh, this, uh, the first, the first season of the Kingery. And I was listening to this part while I was driving, and I was suddenly like, "This, what is, 
oh my gosh, that's me. I had, I had no memory whatsoever. I told you that you you had a small role in that yeah. person. Anything for the kingery, and suddenly I was like, who is this person? What kind of choices is that's me? <laughs> it was pretty funny. I forgot. Were you a shenanigans girl? I was a shenanigans girl. <laughs> yes. Yes, I was very giggly. I was, I was, I was like, oh, that was a funny laugh. Oh, that's my laugh. <laughs> well, go, go check out the season one of, of Kingery, folks, if you don't remember, and you can hear a very giggly yeah. Darian Lindell as a shenanigan. Darian Lindell, yeah. And I but, guarantee that it's nothing like a preview of what you'll hear from her in Phantom King. No, yeah. it's, I actually that's my that's my favorite part of Pendant. Actually, is the is the variety of characters that I get to. To play and uh, and it's been my only fan girl ex- experience where I get to be uh, which I had a fan that's my only fan experience. <laughs> you have many fans, I am sure. In fact, well, P- even Pete himself he he had said when uh, we were announcing the cast, uh, you know, one role at a time, and when he saw that you were going to be playing Rebecca, uh, he flipped his lid and he was so <laughs> excited. So it was on Twitter. Yes, that's right. So. That's right, everybody. I tweet. You can follow me at at d lindell. <laughs> There you go. See? Yes. Show her how many more fans she has. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much for being here. It was delightful talking with you. Oh, it's always delightful with you guys. I miss you. Aw, we miss you too. Thank you. All right. Bye. All right, you, oh, now you're putting it all the way. Well, let's recording? go. No, I'm just putting We're the... recording, but you're making all this clacky noise. Well, this oh. is the best. Everyone's going to want to hear this part. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll save it and put it all at the end.